Hello, I'm Wayne Hiley. I am uh, the managing director and CEO of Peninsula Energy. I have a part. I've been a part of the U.S. uranium industry since the late 1980s, and today uh, I'm helping Peninsula Energy in in their endeavor to restart the Lance uh, Projects uh, production facility in the state of Wyoming uh, as we move from an alkaline in situ recovery um, process to a, a low pH in situ recovery process, which we believe will greatly enhance the productivity of the mine site at Lance. We're, in, we're expecting uh, production to be back online mid-2023, so it's a very exciting time for Peninsula Energy, and it's great to join you today, Matt. Hi, I'm Bruce Lane from GTI Energy. Uh, we also are in Wyoming. Uh, we have uh, exploration stage projects. The most recent uh, project that we've acquired is uh, our Lohuma project in the Powder River Basin. And uh, we've uh, acquired a drilling database there, which we think has a replacement value of around $15 million and would take us three years to execute. Uh, and off the back of that, um, we're hoping to put out a resource uh, by the middle of this year, by the end of June. So we're uh, an earlier stage company as opposed to to Wayne's uh, production stage company. Uh, I'm the uh, uh, executive director and the CEO, and uh, we're set up for, a, for an exciting uh, next six months. I'm, I'm Bruce, uh, lovely to meet you for the first time, and Wayne, lovely to see you back on, on this show. Um, we, are, we were gonna be joined by another company, they've not shown up, so we're gonna crack on. Um, so today is a Wyoming special. So we're, we're talking about not just Wyoming, but Wyoming uranium juniors. Um, as well. So I think most people know Wyoming from uh, Yellowstone Park and base, basic cowboy culture, uh, but it's also where 40% of the USA's uh, coal supply comes from. So it's got a history of mining, um, which kind of is quite useful. We're talking about energy transitions pretty much in the markets at the moment, aren't we, Wayne? Um, so why don't you kick off and tell us why two Aussie companies got attracted to Wyoming? Wayne. Well, it has to be the, the environment for, for mining in, in Wyoming. We are a premier uh, jurisdiction. I hail from Wyoming now. I've been, been living here for 25 years. It, it's by choice. Um, but, but Wyoming, you know, took the pathway uh, of um, becoming an agreement state um, in a regulatory context. What that means is that we, the Wyoming people, enforce the the national rules the nuclear regulatory commission rules are 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 enforced by the home home people uh, i don't have to go to washington dc to talk to regulators we can talk to them in in the state capital of cheyenne it's so much easier it's a, it's a a friendly way to do business but wyoming has been attractive uh, for mining companies but particularly for uranium wyoming is an energy capital you got coal natural gas oil uh, and uranium. We got great uh, class one winds for wind farms and, and pretty decent sunshine uh, most most days of the year. So we can produce way more energy in Wyoming than, than uh, we consume. And and uh, the state is really geared towards mining and is very mining friendly. I see. And um, Bruce, for you, for you um, ISR, that's the thing you guys have got in common as well. Um, ISR, uranium, for you, what, what drew you to Wyoming, given you're, you're relatively new? Uh, you, I'm sure you had looked at lots of things. Why did you choose it? Yeah, look, I mean, obviously I echo everything that, that Wayne said. Is, uh, you know, Wyoming is the second largest energy state in the U.S., uh, 
and you know, I think the second least populated place in the US as well. So it is actually a very favourable place and state that understands and has relied on energy production for its wealth, um, you know, for for uh, well, I'd say up to a hundred years almost. And so it, you know, we we believed that it's the right jurisdiction. Uh, look, we we looked at um, we've I've been involved in hard rock projects and other places in the planet. Sometimes the metallurgic the metallurgy is. Uh, is, is quite hard, uh, depending on, on how your uranium arrives in the ground. Uh, we've got projects in Utah as well where we've got uh, you know a big vanadium component. But one of the things that was very attractive is the sandstone-hosted environment and the simplicity of the Met, particularly you know in the parts of the Great Divide where we are located and in the Powder River Basin. So there's no uh, experiments really. It's um, a well-understood permitting path. The state's comfortable with it. You've, of course, got to satisfy... Um, the requirements, but uh, it's not a mystery. Uh, the time frames, um, you know, touch wood, we haven't gotten through that part of the process that Wayne's so familiar with. Um, but uh, when we get to that point, um, you know, it's not something we're, we're overly concerned about, suffice to say that it does take time. So, yeah, look, we, we, we compared it as a jurisdiction. We felt that it was a, a sweet spot. Okay. And when, I mean, let's, let's just talk about that. Okay. You've been through the phases. Your issue has, well, your issue hasn't been getting permissions and licenses and, you know, jurisdictional risk, which is what a lot of investors are concerned about at the moment. Wherever you look, whatever the commodity, jurisdictional risk has risen its head and is um, a, a, a big narrative out there for investors because they're concerned they may lose their capital. You, your, your issue has been just the market, the uranium market and uranium price. Um, so what were the kind of long poles in the, in, in the tent, as it were, for you in terms of the process that you've just been through to get to, you know, production in 2023? Well, uh, Peninsula put the project into production, the last projects into production in late 2015, early 2016. Uh, that really was, you know, when the company emerged from the regulatory process, and it did it very efficiently. Uh, you know, I think, you know, in the U.S. US context, Peninsula's team, uh, back in the mid 20 teens, uh, did an absolutely exceptional job of of efficiently getting a new mine permitted, and the state of Wyoming was friendly towards that. Um, we ha- had that baby born into a rather poor market, and the market conditions did not support um, ongoing uranium production. So by mid 2019. Uh, we decided to to idle the project and uh, convert it from one type of chemistry to another. Uh, that conversion took some additional regulatory work, and that regulatory uh, regulatory work went very smoothly. So today, Peninsula has the permissions to utilize the new process chemistry, and uh, we're waiting for the market conditions to get better. Look, global markets for uranium, uh, I don't think you'll find many people who say they're bad. I think you're going to say it's, it's it's primed, it's optimal, it's the right time to move into uh, production if you have that capability. And Peninsula pulled that trigger after doing regulatory de-risking of the new process and technical de-risking of the new process. Uh, we decided late last year that we would invest our capital now into the restart of the project, and that's exactly what we're doing. Right, and for you, Bruce, if you look at timing, most success stories are about timing it right, and there's an expectation lots of new entrants would 
would come back as they did uh, the last cycle. Um, what are the investor conversations that you've had, because you will have had some recently in terms of raising capital for this venture of yours to move through these phases, what was the kind of pushback there and what were the things that kind of got their eyes lit up? Yeah, look, it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, timing is, is everything in life, isn't it? And, uh, and this uranium market especially seems to be one that's been tricky to time. Um, I think there's, you know, our experience has been that there's a general consensus that value has appeared in the marketplace, however you want to describe that. Now, I guess that's a, you know, a nice way of saying prices are depressed in the, in the junior um, in the chain of mining companies, so I think that is is a fact and reality, and it's and it's acknowledged um, by investors that we speak to. They think the time is you know right to get involved in uranium. I think that's you know partly because of the um, cacophony of positive news uh, that's been around in the environment. And whether and look, I I I point people towards the U.S. situation in particular. Obviously, the largest market for uranium in the world. Roughly, it's just short of 100 gigawatts, and the Department of Energy came out two weeks ago and said they want to drive that to 300 gigawatts. Yeah, they weren't prepared to sit there and let uh, Xi Jinping set the agenda in terms of growing uh, the nuclear power business. So I think um, you know it's it's also just a general awareness thing. We find that a lot of investors, um, particularly in, in the Asian markets, probably haven't thought about uranium for a long time. And, uh, and and it's good time for them to hear the story again and to hear it in the context of the energy transition. And I think that's uh, that's making a big difference. Uh, absolutely. And I, and I kind of do want to get a move, in, move into you know what investors should be looking for with with, with juniors uh, in, in a second. And you know what what are the um, what are the variables that they need which are important. But let, let's just stick stick with the kind of jurisdictional component a little bit longer if we may. The other thing that you guys have got, Colin, apart from uranium and ISR is the fact your North American story and in the context of IRA and Biden making promises and you know throwing his checkbook at it um, is the is that homegrown uranium is a rare thing US consumes way more than it's uh, capable of, of producing so wh- where does that put you in terms of the made in the USA by local story um, Wayne well <clears throat> no one really knows today what uh or whether Russian exports are, are going to survive the uh, the current deterioration of the relationship between uh, you know Russia and the Western world, and and that makes the self sufficiency of the United States um, nuclear fuel industry uh, a bigger forefront issue. Um, as a rule, the industry has been slow to respond to to the uh, to the news. Uh, you don't see big capital investments on uncertainty. When I said no one really knows, you know that uncertainty is 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 not good enough to spur large capital investments into um, to an industry that that needs both uranium and well, it's not both; it's all uranium conversion and enrichment investments. And you know, it's it's good for a company like uh, well, a junior companies generally that. You know, we might have a rather small capital investment to put a project back into production because the time is right. You can capitalize on uncertainty, but you're not going to make a huge capital investment. That's why the conversion and enrichment is lagging. Uh, but we've got a number of 
uranium producers who see this as an opportunity today um, to get themselves back up and running in an environment that's very supportive. So, I mean, the U.S. has already sanctioned three Rosatom uh, subsidiaries, and, and Rosatom is deeply entrenched and tied to the war efforts. Uh, it looks to me like um, the, the deficiency of supply that comes from the Western world is going to have to be met and and it's going to have to be met by mess western suppliers so we think the time is right well absolutely and and Bruce, i mean obviously you're much earlier stage in, in terms of you know timing cycles etc i guess you're a ways away from that at the moment but again coming back to investor conversations you know to you know support what you're doing here what again what what, what are they what, what's it going to push back when it comes to talking about yeah, and when a junior like you talks about energy transition, you're you're talking the macro, and you know, quite frankly, your your ability to contribute to that now is is not there. Do those conversations matter now? Do people understand the length of time it takes to one build mines, but also deliver against energy transitions? Um, what what are those conversations like? Oh, look, I think that yeah, you know, it, it it isn't immediately obvious to people how important. Uh, nuclear power and, and and uranium miners are in the context of the transition. And there's an education piece. There's a few very well-educated people, obviously, but they're a small number. It is a small sector when you compare it to, you know, even even the chocolate bar manufacturers where, you know, the entire market's half the size of, of Mars Corporation sort of thing. So, you know, it, it, it is it is small in that context. But what what we um, talk to people, people about and what, what we try to point out is that you know, with in situ recovery, uranium, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, less capital. We're talking about uh, a faster time frame into production. And certainly in an environment like uh, Wyoming, if you've got the right geological and hydro-geotechnical setting, then the permitting frameworks a well-trodden path. It doesn't need to be 10 or 15 years. It's not an Athabasca Basin project that's a kilometre deep. It's, it's 100 metres or maybe slightly more deep. And uh, and you know, look, it, it it is very safe, very clean. It's the least environmentally impactful form of mining on the planet. So there's a really good, really strong story. And we think these projects, you know, Wayne's far more uh, uh, experienced in this game than I am by a factor of many, many times. Um, but we aren't talking about um, ten years. We're talking more in the region of four to four to five years, if if we get everything right. You know, and maybe even a little sooner if we get some encouragement from the state, and uh, and also from a capital point of view, we, you know, we're looking at, you know, just say a million pounds a year um, plant capacity. You know, we could be in the region 50, 60, 70 million dollars, not, you know, not 500 million dollars, and this and it's not a complicated high pressure, you know, lots of heat, you know, lots of caustic substances floating around. So. You know, it, it, it can be part of the cycle, you know, and that's and I think that's what we have to say to people. The Athabasca, those big projects, you know, maybe they will to an extent miss the cycle. But, you know, Wayne's only just getting it back into production now and, you know, well done. And I'm not, uh, there's no criticism of that, but I'm saying in terms of the cycle, he's got a, he's got a you know, a, a 10, 15 year runway at it. Um, and we might be four or five years behind them, but we can still be part of that uh, strengthening in price and part of the cycle. Yeah, the nuclear power business is going to be massive, uh, and I don't think there's any, you know, any doubt about that at this point. What do you say, Wang? What do you say to that? Well, I think that um, 
companies like Bruce's are doing the right thing. You, when you think about Wyoming, and this is this is a little bit about Wyoming, we have been explored in Wyoming, and the, the land has been explored. Bruce is taking um, a, a good business model. You're taking past exploration, and you're and you're you know furthering it. Uh, he has databases from uh, you know prior exploration. Uh, the, the other company, which was was scheduled to join us, is doing a similar thing. They're taking older databases. Um, you know, people who who've been you know, poking around Wyoming and looking for uranium have found it. They just didn't have the capital at the time to further their deposits. And then, you know, the uranium markets went into a long and and deep recession. Now, you know, those databases are still available. And, and it's not just Bruce's company and the other company. Peninsula has a database that it's looking at. Uh, we're not done expanding our properties. Wyoming has is such a fertile, fertile um, place to go looking for uranium projects that, that there's room for for quite a few explorers to put some money into it and and to bring projects forward. And when you do come up with a good deposit. You have a reasonable reasonable expectation that that you can get a permit, and that you can open a mine with a modest capital investment. Okay, and then I'm going to throw a few um, questions at you, a few from comments that I've seen around around social media. And and apologies, Wayne, we 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 discussed this um, previously, which is around the okay, we've mentioned already Arthur Basker, high grade, super high grade. Therefore, everything else, low grade, third tier type stuff. For you, Bruce, when you're looking at picking up these assets, I'm sure you're not doing it because you, you want to um, spend your time twi- twiddling your thumbs with, um, with, a, with a poor asset. What were you looking for? What's important for investors to know about your project or projects in Wyoming? Why will they work? Yeah, look, and, um, I think I can certainly give you a bit on that. Uh, Wayne will have a, a level of expertise uh, above mine, but... Uh, Look, what we're looking for is mineralization that is sufficiently below the groundwater table and yet sufficiently shallow so that we can drill down to it and then we can develop a ball field at a reasonable cost. So we want good thicknesses of sand, you know, so we, we and, and multiple sand units if possible. Um, but we can um, utilize quite low grades. And and so, you know, we're never going to, you're never going to see our companies on the, uh, on the uh, league table of drill holes, you know, it's not going to be melt your face off uranium grades. It's uh, it simply doesn't work for us. So we're not interested in that stuff. So that's a clear difference. Um, I think um, you know, look, when you see the photographs and and the pictures of where our projects are, and I'm sure you know Wayne's are similar. There's nothing out there except from the sagebrush and the there is a you know there's a sage grouse that floats around a bit, but we're not impinging upon people. Access is generally very easy. You know, there's some seasonality, but uh, we are predominantly on Bureau of Land Management land in the Great Divide, and we've got a minority of um, landholder positions where we are in the Powder River. Um, you know, they're, they're not large problems to solve. So I think, uh, you know, investors can look can look at it and say, well, you know, it, it we, we aren't having to negotiate uh, First Nations arrangements, for instance, um, you know, on top of the permitting thing. So, you know, it is a difficult thing when you're dealing with the superstar rock star drill intercepts to get investors to really understand that, that we're not interested in that. We're interested in, you know, real economics um, and, uh, and and something that we can replicate without taking too many risks. 
Okay, well, but brain. Oh, so when can you can you um, Freudian slip brain? Would you mind expanding on that one because it, it is about margin. It's about making money. Um, so how do these low grade projects make money? Why are they not? Why should they not be called a tier three investment um, compared to some of the Athabasca yeah. guys? Well, uh, high grade uranium deposits rely on. Um, um, quick leach kinetics. Um, you need to you need to move the ore. You need to put it through a mill. You need to recover the ore in in a couple of hours in the mill. In situ recovery projects are never going to post headline grades. It's just not the nature of the deposit. Uh, but what we do have is leachable ore that we can get with uh, slow leach kinetics in situ recovery is injection of a, of a leach solution into a formation and you have days, weeks, uh, months of retention time and contact time. So you can get all of the uranium out from underground with a slow leach, leach kinetic and a mild leach solution and do just as well economically as the guys who have to um, remove ore from the ground, put it through a mill, and catch it in, in a couple of hours with intense leach kinetics um, and, and intense uh, chemical additions. So the difference is a very mild um, leach process, uh, or a leach chemistry that, that uses low uh, concentrations of, of chemicals versus an intense leach process, which, which uses um, high concentrations. So if you want you know, if, if you have a high-grade ore and you're going to run it through a mill, grade is king. And in situ recovery, grade has never been king. It helps. Good grade helps. But but the nature of the deposits are such that they're not necessarily high-grade attention-getting uh, deposits. They're just easily recovered deposits, uh, you know, that, that can be done with a patient process in situ recovery. Right, and so it, grade is just one of many factors which um, deliver the economics for a company, or not, uh, in, in some cases. Um, Bruce, um, you're, you're, again, relatively new story. For, and I say, Wayne's, uh, Wayne and, and his company are, you know, have been, been through the phases, as it were, and you, you say you're not far behind them if you, if you can get moving at a pace. So again, for, for you, what, are, what do you think Investors need to understand about your business plan. Why does your business plan work? And why is this not just another copycat junior jumping on the bandwagon? Well, yeah, look, I think the, the reason we've got a good chance of working is something Wayne touched on before is we're not uh, greenfields exploring here. We're, we're very much a brownfields exploration uh, play. You know, we started off with Kerr McGee's drill, drilling database from the 70s, and that's, uh, some of that's publicly available. We've had some other data that's a bit more proprietary to us. And then in the case of the Powder River, we've acquired, you know, 1,400-odd drill holes, which, you know, is a lot of drilling and would take a long time to execute. So we think that puts us about, you know, two and a half to three years ahead and $15 million ahead of where we're at. So, you know, our, our market cap's only uh, around 15 or $16 million, and that's the value of the drill, drilling database we just bought. So we think that, um, you know, that gives us a really good chance of putting uh, a resource out that has some substance. And by that, I mean, you know, it can get us towards that sort of, we think, around 8 to 10 million pounds, which doesn't sound a lot in the context of a, of a fission or a next energy but, it, uh, but it's something that we can address and something we can apply capital to, to, and as Wayne said, a modest amount of capital and get into production you know, reasonably quickly. And we've, 
We've got a team also in in Wyoming. That was one of the other reasons where we 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 got involved with these projects is we've got, we've got a team of people there um, that give us a good start. I mean, we all you always have to build more into your team once we've got a resource, but we've certainly got the capability to get to the resource and then the PEA or PFS. And so our our, our ambition is to have that PEA, you know, some stage during during next year if all goes well, and that puts us on a path to economics and. You know, it's not until we could put that on the table that, you know, let's say utilities do start uh, going downstream and wanting to secure pounds in the ground, then at least we can have a conversation and say, look, there are genuinely pounds here, and it's not based on a, on a dodgy inferred resource from the 1960s. It's a, it's, it's a modern resource, and, it, and it's real, and it's in a location that can be developed 10 miles away from Cameco Smith Ranch, Smith Hollow Ranch. So, you know, I think that's that's the difference with us. There aren't too many explorers in uh in wyoming there's there's one or two but most of them are developers like wayne who've who've had uh, assets that have been you know quite well developed and, and at the point of production you've got ur energy next to us down on the great divide and you know that 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 john cass says he's back in production and i believe him the weather's probably not helping him out too much at the moment but um so we you know we can see it starting to blossom around us you know the, the business is coming back to life um it's not um you know, uh, we're not going to be the only one doing it. It's going to be, you know, it's 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 going to be all on again in, in short order. So we think that's why investors can look to us and say, well, look, there is a real possibility here of these of these assets getting into production. Okay, and and Wayne, it just just on um, restarts. You know, you are along with you know a couple of other um, uh, U.S. Uh, based companies talking about re- restarts in over the next sort of. Um, 24 months in your case the, 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 this year mid this year um, spot price something that people new to the space look at and they go spot price is really really important most companies seem to be indicating needing 65 75 80 bucks um, just to kind of break even um, you guys are cracking on there you've got contracts in place you've got uh, inventory um, how, how are you kind of tackling uh, that part of the conversation with with the, the your institutional guys and, and and regular shareholders, what do they need to know? You know, I think a, a well a well constructed uh, sales contract portfolio has exposure to the to the market within it. You can have contracts that that are uh, base priced or or fixed priced. Uh, you know, some some escalation in there, but you can also have contracts that are market based. Uh, utilities do sign market based. They like to have some market exposure and some, and some some fixed price exposure in their in their portfolios. And, and suppliers have the same desire. So, uh, you know, we we expect the spot market will will move, uh, you know, more favorably in in the coming years. Um, initially, the the production from Peninsula is not really destined for the spot market. We're not building a mine and and starting a mine based on spot market expectations. That would be foolish. Uh, we have good contracts. We're selling into them. Uh, eventually, we'll produce enough to have some available for the spot market. And, and if the spot market's good, we'll sell it there. Otherwise, we'll hold it for our valuable contracts. Um, so, so you know, our view is you have to have a, a well-constructed sales portfolio. It's going to have some exposure to the market, even if you're not selling into the spot market itself. Um, but it's going to, you know, some contracts are going to have uh, prices tied to the spot spot market movement. Uh, we put some floors and ceilings in to protect ourselves and to and to protect our customers 
into those types of contracts um, so that, you know, even in the worst case scenario, we can make some money on, on those sales. Uh, but, um, you know, that, that, that's kind of how I view that, Matt. It, it's, you know, the market is going to be what it is. It's supportive and it's moving in the right direction. Um, now is the time to, to get up and going because if, if you're not producing, you cannot capitalize on the markets. You're just a proxy to the price. Well, there's there's a fair few of those in the market. Um, and and um, Bruce, I'll just come back to you with regards to um, how you how how you, how you kind of come at this as far as your investors are are, are concerned. So you, you mentioned earlier, say like th- this is stocks are heavily discounted at the moment. Um, if you're contrarian, you should be buying. But it's quite clear that y- uranium equities, despite the strength of the story, are suffering just as much as other commodities at the moment. Again, what would your, I don't know if you want to make, if there are a couple of points that you'd make to people looking at your own space, why is this a better bet than say some of the other equities out there? Or, or maybe or maybe you don't think it is. Oh no, look, I absolutely do think it is. Um, you know, I think the fundamentals are so um, powerful in the case of uranium and there aren't, I don't think there's another commodity that it's has such a long drought and and such a tough time, particularly in the US context. And so there's some really big things that have changed. You know, know, from the days when the Berlin Wall came down and everyone was started to become friendly with the Russians back to where we are now, that is a seismic shift in sentiment and in in reality. You know, if, if you can't, if you're a utility in the US, you've gone from thinking, oh, my business model for nuclear is, uh, is bad and I'm going to be shutting down my reactors uh, to, oh, look, the Inflation Reduction Act is now giving me, and say Diablo Canyon, for instance, which you know, we were all convinced would be shut down. And, and it was incredible that, that Gavin Newsom turned around and said, no, we're not going to shut it down. And in fact, we're going to extend its life by at least 20 years. So the buyer at that plant now is looking forward and going, I need to buy uranium. And guess what? I don't think I'm buying it from Kazakhstan anymore, so where am I going to get it from? And they've got the production on their back doorstep, if not now, certainly within the period that they would be looking to contract. But they've got to make a commitment to the local to the local uh, miners and uh, and converters and, enrich- and enrichers. So, you know, we think that that is the fundamental driving force, and that's not going to go away. I mean, even if the, the, the conflict in Ukraine stopped today... I don't think anyone's going to forget this in a hurry, and they won't be rushing back into the arms of Rosatom to, to, uh, to, to get their supply. So I think that is it, and, you know, and that's the driver. And, and to be fair, we saw that back in 2018, but we didn't. We saw that the change in sentiment in nuclear, but we didn't see, you know, what's happened with Ukraine and Russia. So we thought it was a good idea without all of that. Um, and uh, and and you put that on top, and it's just it's just turbocharged the fundamentals. So, look, it, it, the timing is the thing, though. You know, small companies like ours, you, you you've got to expect that it's going to be tough for an extended period of time. And so, we one of the things that's great about our proposition is we can make some real progress without doing too much drilling. And that's you know, discovery cost is everything in our game, and longevity is the other thing. And so we've um, we've got a plan to get ourselves through. Um, for an extended period, it won't last forever. But uh, if I have to take a half salary or stop taking a salary, well, those will be the those will be the sacrifices we have to make one day if it gets that bad. Uh, but we can deliver real value without spending too much more money at this point, and time and try and time ourselves for the next uh, for the next improvement. Yeah, Matt, if I can just add to that, I you know Bruce's Bruce's business model is 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 very clever. 
um, it's what he said, the cost of, of discovery or the price of discovery um, using other people's data. Uh, is significantly lower than the price of discovery going out and and uh, you know drilling fresh ground and and you know you may be in the neighborhood but you don't know what you're going to find. You have other people's data. There's some costs there, and you can develop uh, the cost of acquisition of a new project can be significantly lower than going out and buying somebody else's project. Uh, you can develop deposits using other people's data. Um, you know, a quite quite a bit uh, less expensive in a cost per pound basis than than any other way, and that's a model that that from you know, like I, I kind of indicated, Peninsula has taken that up. We have uh, databases, and we spent some time with them, and we're looking at um, other project areas in the state of Wyoming that that um, you know could complement the Lance projects as well. It's 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 um it's interesting times in, indeed and I'm sure we could we could r- rumble on a lot longer on the macro with regards to see um not just Gavin Newsom but l- lots of um, politicians now having the permission to actually talk about a nuclear as a solution for ba- base load energy um because they they're not going to getting they're not they're not going to get much pushback. Um, I think the Greens have, you know, seem to have sort of stood back and, and taken that on board. Even Greta is on board. Um, well, look, um, chaps, um, Bruce, lovely to meet you for the first time. I'd love for you to come on um, with your company and, and uh, get into the weeds uh, with us a little bit more. Um, and Wayne Hiley, CEO, MD at Peninsula Energy, uh, cl- close to production, um, and uh, appreciate you sharing your insight, not just on the, the Wyoming ISR, but also U.S. Uh, macro situation today. Um, I think for the newbies to mining and the newbies to uranium investing, this has been an extremely educational session. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thanks, Matt.